the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't be shy. That's the number one rule of the game, if possible. Recently did a seminar, and I can't believe how many people come up to me at seminars and say, I've been listening to you for three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And it's really weird, because when you start putting 20 years into perspective, you start putting like life into perspective. I was 30 years old, I was 40 years old, I was 50 years old, I was 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old. It's a long time to have a relationship with someone. Um, I'm very honored by that. I'm very flattered, so thank you. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I like talking strategies on occasion. A, it's something that, you know, I want to pound in your head enough until you get it. And B, I want to pound in your head enough until you get it. Finances aren't that tough. It's not that many things that you have to become a master of. The problem is that there's a little fine art in everything that we do in finance. And that's where you can get yourself in trouble. Wealth creation is what I try to talk a lot about. CFP Chad Burton talks a lot about wealth preservation and income in retirement. Wealth creation, you have a job, hopefully, and you're saving some of it away. Wealth preservation, you don't have a job. So no longer income coming in. It's just assets and equity going out. In theory, we talk retirement taxes, your money, your business. Let's listen to a little sports radio on the way in this morning because it's a good time of the year for sports. And sometimes, quite honestly, you can only hear so much of the headline news. You know, what is the president doing? It gets kind of repetitive after a while. If you're a political junkie, I get it. I'm not a political junkie, and that's, whoa, crosses into this world a little bit too often, if you know what I'm saying. But I heard, as, as I was driving down, I heard this guy say, hey, I could do your 401k, your investment company, your investments, your insurance. Your, I could, and I was like, oh, I know who he is, and I know what he sells. It's a crap product. But he's willing to, like, sacrifice his ethics to make himself richer. I'm not willing to do that. Plato's Republic. Long live Plato's Republic. And so creates Johnson. Um, so anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that we often talk about is what are you going to do in retirement? And I don't really have the best answer for you. That's up to you. And what should I do in the current market? I don't have the best answer for you. It's, it's what you need in your portfolio and how much risk appetite you can take. When a president is battling another country and we're willing to take out their most important stock or their most important company, they're probably willing to do the same to us. So I, that's tough to, it's tough for me to say, you should go put your hard-earned money in that. And I don't want to do that. One of the things I can teach you that I did very well, and I, I hope you do this down the road, is start reading, start reading more. The Wall Street Journal and Barron's are awesome. If you buy Wall Street Journal online, you get Barron's too. You know, Apple's got that subscription thing that I don't exactly quite know how that works with their new stuff. 
Um, I've got a nice size uh, iPad, I, but I also like reading the paper, you know? I know. You're so old school. You're ruining the planet. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I should probably not do that. So if you can stomach more risk, then you could reap greater benefits. I get that. And that's where small cap stocks come in. A big cap company, say worth 10, 20, 30 billion. And they're a little bit tougher to grow. Every now and then they could do it. So when you start hearing about companies like Microsoft and Apple and Amazon at a a trillion dollars, just know that it's tough to grow from 10 billion to 20 billion. It's a lot easier to grow from 1 million to 5 million. So small cap companies have a lure to us. The thing I don't want you to do is think this is the way I'm going to do it. This is the way I have to do it because I'm behind. I have some small cap exposure. I used to be a small cap tech expert. And I'll tell you what, it, you have to put a lot of work into it. So now I'm coming more, I try to refine as I've gotten older and finer like wine. Some, some men age like wine and some men age like milk. I, I'd like to think mentally I've aged like wine nicely. Which for the record, you know the big winter? 2018, 2019, where California just got dumps and dumps and dumps and dumps of rain. And then in May, there's another dump of rain. That dump of rain in May. Oh, wineries are going, no, last year we got all the smoke and the fires. This year we're getting mold. That would not be good. Fortunately, it was a chilly enough time that they're able to pull away without a lot of mold. I know you're saying chilly in May is good. I know, it's weird. You got to kind of go with it. But I would I would say Google small caps, small capitalization stocks, if you ever want to play with it. Or better yet, what I would want you to do is Google small cap ETFs or small cap technology or start finding stuff and then reading the literature about it. So you know I started by saying you should read the Wall Street Journal Barron's. Barron's has an, uh, an analyst who will come on probably every episode, every magazine. And here's my top three favorite small cap stocks. Don't read that. See that headline and that, that you go, oh, Oakmark has a good small cap fund manager. Now go get their, their brochure on it and go get their quarterly letter or their annual letter to the shareholders. And just start learning and you'll learn that quickly. That it's, it's something you can get way in over your head. But should you have small cap stocks? Yeah. Do you know much a small cap stock? Let's say I start a mortgage company and I'm, I'm considered small cap. And just call it XYZ. I'm... I, I, I'm I only do business in California and then my business grows and I do business in another state and then my business grows. I go, let's get wacky here and go to Canada. See if those canoes good day. A would be like happy buying my product. There's a chance they would. There's a chance they wouldn't because suddenly I'm now taking more risk as a business and expanding. So small caps kind of stay in their little area. And by the time they add a Canada or Europe or China, They've become mid-cap or large-cap. So small-cap companies kind of eat domestically and grow domestically. I don't know. Does that help you a little bit? So I have some. I have them in ETFs, essentially. Sometimes in mutual funds, I really like that fund manager. But typically, I don't do small-caps on my own anymore. You know the biggest mistakes I've ever made? Small-caps, micro-caps, and um, what you'd probably refer to as penny stocks. I once found a company that had a great... And see, that's another thing. They have great stories. A small cap is like, well, we're going to fill the gap into 
And you're like, well, maybe they can get acquired by a big company. That could be an end game. I know a company that does, uh, I'm not going to say artificial milk, but milk made out of things, a milk-like product made out of non-dairy product. And you know that younger people today, they're like, I like cows. You, wait, wait, you don't like cows? I don't like cows. Do you have a reason why you don't like cows or you just don't like cows? I don't drink milk. I'm lactate intolerant. I'm not making fun of people who are lactate intolerant. Maybe maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. Um, but that's, that's 13, 14% of the dairy market of people who are saying, I don't want, I want non-dairy dairy. Does that sound like it can get us into problem? I want non-meat meat. Two very hot categories right now. If you're an investor, if you could sell to 13, 14% of the U.S. population a new category, non-meat meat, and that's why when, you know, the companies like Burger King come out with the Impossible Whopper, I tell you about it because there's going to be investment there. They don't want to forget 13, 14% of the non-dairy drinkers. You kind of assume they're also non-meat eaters. Kind of. You see where I'm going out with this? You can kind of figure out your trends and small cap issues. Things that have no sales, they're going to have big sales. But it also helps if you have a professional money manager who uh, has done the research on it for you. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. There's a sports guy in radio named Mad Dog Russo who I kind of like. He's kind of New Yorker crazy and he hates Tom Brady. He's Tom Brady. I hate him. He's playing footballs. Like he gets all wound up in it. I'm like, he's going to have a heart attack. That's how I get about stocks and investments. But I, I can't quite do that. You know, Howard Stern had his day where, you know, he did a lot of very, how shall we say, PG-13, almost R shows. And there was a lot of young boys who liked that stuff. So I, I get niche radio. I think it's super important. I got someone who came up to me last night at a seminar. And he said, what do you think about me buying into commercial property? I'm like, how much you worth? And the answer was like, not much. Typical Bay Area guy. He has a home. He's got 100, 200,000 saved for retirement. Has a good job, but not a great job, but not a bad job, but a good job. He's making ends meet. And he got approached by a real estate how shall we refer to it? Club where you pay to get into the club and they mentor quote unquote mentor. I don't know what club he got into. I'm not speaking bad of all clubs. I like some clubs. I like the Mickey mouse club. They're one of my favorites. M I C K E Y M O U S E Mickey mouse. Donald Duck. Mickey mouse. Donald Duck. Yes, yes, yes. There's a chance I might've been a mouseketeer in another lifetime. If you doubt me, put up $100,000 and I'll give you a photo. Because if I'm going to embarrass myself, I need some retribution. Some repatriation of embarrassment back into cash, Ola, cold cash money. So he got approached by Investment Club and he kind of like, wait, I can own commercial property in Dallas? I'm like, not Dallas! And like, I think J.R. Ewing and oil and stuff like that, right? And I just every time I saw that TV show come on, all I saw was land. 
And the value of my home that I'm in right now is, is it the house or is it land? It's the land. By uh, about 75% to 25%, I would say. I, 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 those numbers will ebb and flow. But he gets approached by a real estate club. And they're going to mentor him. And I'm like, I, I've run into a couple of these where they're not scams. But what they are is the person who runs it gets sponsors like 1031 people and mortgage people and people who develop property in Dallas and people who property manage in Dallas. And she gets them to speak to you all about how great commercial property is. And how other people's money, this is how they do it. And other people's riches, this is how they do it. And then I start talking like my right too. So this guy, he buys into this pitch. I'm like, you're not wealthy enough. Why are they coming to you? If they're wealthy, and this is how the rich do it, why don't they go to the rich and tell the rich how to do it and get money from them? Are you with me or are you against me? If they cared about well, they care about your money, but if they cared about your financial future, commercial real estate's got risk to it. A lot of risks. And when you give your money to other people, suddenly they're making the decisions. Publicly traded REITs will buy you commercial property in Dallas. Publicly co- traded commercial REITs uh, will buy you movie theaters in, across the United States. They'll buy you hospitals. Because they lease it to those hospitals. They lease the land and the real estate. So you get the property that goes up in value or down in value, which if you believe these people, it always goes up. And you get professional management instead of these yahoos who don't know how to get real money. So they're coming to you. And sometimes they'll say, did you see, don't you want to be the next Donald Trump? Or don't you want to be the next cutting corners people on, on TLC, Taruk and Malufa and how, and how they're doing these like home refis and flip or flop. Those are reality shows. I've worked with reality shows, and they're fake. Tariq has to go into, he just bought a flip in Long Beach. And oddly enough, there's a power line on top of it. This could ruin the flip. Coming up after the break, will Tariq lose all his money, or will he actually get the power line removed? It's already been in the planning for six months. You don't get a a power line moved in under six months. And you keep buying this this stuff. This guy had a 15-minute conversation with me. I, th- I think I might be having a heart attack. <laughs> call 911. No. Don't call 911. Um, but that's the problem that I have. And it goes back to that real estate investment club where these are not quite professionals that I've run into who get a lot of people who make a lot of money from doing a transaction. You know how much it costs to do a 1031? Do you know how much it costs to title real estate? Do you know how much it costs to do mortgages in real estate? Do you do you do you do you do you do? Do you know that they make money or, or and you and, and they don't lose money whether you lose money or not? Oftentimes, a real estate developer will come to them and say, we, we messed up. We have a, a big plot of land. If I take you and your whole crew on a cruise, if I take you and your whole crew for dinner and, and buy you nice things, can you, can you find us some, some quote-unquote investors? So there used to be a day when mutual funds... We're for the wealthy people because the transaction costs were so expensive. And those have come down. And they have to publicly disclose with the Securities and Exchange Commission. They have to publicly disclose with the government. There, there's at least some oversight and overview. And every now and then there's a fraud like a WorldCom and they're shut down. Companies like Bernie Madoff and companies where you're doing real estate development and commercial private rates, you don't have to disclose. There's no oversight committee. So have some ethics. These companies won't. They won't because 
they've made some small time small time fish into mid sized fish, but they made themselves small time fish into big time fish themselves, not by doing the property themselves, but by going to you and selling you the idea that they can do the property for you. If it sounds too good to be true, don't do it. It is like walking into a casino blind, playing blackjack, knowing a system of card counting. If you really believe you can pull off all those three things, I got a class for 399 that'll teach you it. And for an extra $4,000, I'll teach you how to do it in outer space. And like, woo, I could do that? That sounds good. So just be cautious. A fool is quickly parted with his money. And again, if, if, if they had these, these ideas, don't you think they're going to Prince? Oh, he's dead. Don't you think they're going to Michael Jackson? Oh, he's dead. Don't you think they're going to celebrities and saying, this is how you're going to make Uber money? Do you know who made Uber money in Uber? Publicly traded company. Beyonce. Hey, ladies. She did a concert for Uber and she said, eh, instead of $6 million in cash, why don't you just give me $6 million in your future IPO? You know what that $6 million is now worth? $300 million. See how the rich get richer? They're not buying real estate deals from shady clubs. I'm not saying all clubs are bad. I like investment clubs. That the Investment clubs, 10 women will get together and they'll call themselves the beer towns lady or the, the wine drinking Wednesdays or the day drinkers. They'll, they'll come up with some sort of cute name and they'll all meet and they'll say, what do you want to buy this week? And 10 people will argue. And I like that because you can get the trades for free or no commissions or low commissions, like five bucks. You own it. It's in your name. It's not private. You're not giving your money to someone and hoping for the best. Hope is for church and hope is for the uh, football field. I hope the 49ers win a World Series. I hope the Sharks win a uh, Stanley Cup. And I hope there is a heaven. Hope is not for investing. Hope is not for getting rich. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Big travel time. Big travel weekend. End of summer. Gas prices. How about airfares? We can talk about this and much, much more. Obviously, this is a show dedicated to getting into retirement. I would say it's the road to retirement that we're all on, that we share the same path on some levels. Some of us are going to get further along than others. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Money, investment, and more. One of the things I do pride myself on is that I I do think we're moving the right direction in content and information as far as educating you about retirement issues. Gas prices are going to be high this holiday weekend, so we have that to deal with and contend with. There's no doubt about it. Boeing, their MAX 787, 787 Boeing MAX jets could bring, get this, could bring a price war this time next year. Ah, oh, you're killing me. You're talking about vacation next year? That's right. Airfares are likely to fall next year after global regulators 
are expected to eventually grant permission for the Boeing 737 MAX jet to carry passengers again. Um, I've heard a lot of news recently. I've seen a lot of news recently about the Boeing planes and how some carriers are starting to move them around from where they were grounded at. So they're getting kind of pseudo permission to put them in the air. But not with people on them, per se. So what happens when we get all those aircraft back in the air? The pilots are flying again. A lot of pilots have been suffering some outages, so to speak, as the capacity has been reduced in the air industry. Have you probably heard some flights have been canceled? I've experienced, I know other people have experienced it where they go on a trip and they try to get back and it just isn't quite as easy. So price of airline stocks are one thing, but price of airline tickets are another. I got to get you on one of those two, right? Prices of airline stocks already reflect fear of a surge in capacity. You've seen companies' um, stocks fall. Companies like American Airlines, Southwest, Alaska, all publicly traded companies. Airline stocks continue to underperform right now. This time next year, you may have a little bit of a surge as those 737 MAX get back into the air. Now, again, I'm making an assumption that the software is eventually fixable. And trust me, I, I'm not working on the software, so I don't know. I've heard some pretty horrific things like they were using engineers to write the software who were making near minimum wage. Not like a Filipino sweatshop, but it's not the direction you want the software engineers skewed towards, if you know what I'm saying. So the thought is, this time next year, is that North American Airlines will have a lot more planes in the air. And that should lead to a price war. For you and me to be able to fly to various locations. There'll be a rush deliveries along with capacity growth previously planned for 2020. Which means the airlines won't have a normal year in terms of their increase in their ability to haul passengers until 2021. So there'll be a ton of opportunity to get cheap tickets. Uh, American Airlines is probably the stock angle. If you want it to go, a stock angle tied towards planes being grounded. It's kind of funky, right? And my dad, changing topics, worked one job his whole life. I, I think so. No, no, no. That's not even close to correct. He had two jobs his whole life that I could think of. One was working in the military. My dad got to kill people. He was a soldier. He was an officer, not a gentleman, but he was an officer. He's a gentleman to some, but not to me. But after retirement, he worked for a contractor. So very untypical. As a teenager, I worked in far too many restaurants. I would wait tables, make a ton of money, and then I'd go spend it like in Europe. So I was going after those experiences. Get this. The average American is going to change jobs a dozen times over the course of their career. 
And most of those moves will bring up a big question. What's that question you ask? Should I take my retirement money with me or let it be? This is not the Beatles. It's not a let it be, let it be, let it be. It's not the Beatles. Typically, you want to take the money with you. But no, 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 not so fast. You tend to want to roll it over into another 401k or a similar like product with Fidelity Vanguard or TD Ameritrade or Schwab. A lot of people make rash decisions when they're leaving jobs and they don't think about that 401k. I don't want you to be lackadaisical. Can you imagine we have a word in the English language, which means sloppy lazy? It's called lackadaisical. You don't want to leave a trail of 401ks behind as if some detective is going to, say, be put on the case of, where did Stephen go? Let's find where he's been and find all of his 401ks. A lot of people leave their 401ks at their jobs. 42% of people who left jobs didn't realize that leaving their money in the workplace plan was even an option. You can do that. Did you know? Is it lackadaisical? It's better than rolling it over to yourself and taking cash. You don't want to simply cash out. You don't necessarily want to leave it in the old company's 401k, but that's a better option. So there's better options. Oh, good God. Now we have to structure things. You can blow your retirement savings that you've amassed pretty quickly, cashing out and not reinvesting funds in a qualified retirement plan. Is stupid. In a recent survey, a third of respondents said they had withdrawn money prior to retirement, which I think is mind-blowingly numb. Your 401k is meant for retirement. It's not meant for a house. It's not meant for a car. It's not meant for your baby. I had a baby. My baby needs a bottle. You're not supposed to take your 401k money for your baby. People don't realize the incredible cost of taking cash out of their 401k and their financial security. You get hit with taxes and penalties. And those taxes and penalties will rob you of your future retirement income. You kind of want to be cool about how many times you roll over your plans, which is the opposite of kind of leaving it there. You could transfer the funds directly to another account, or you could do a rollover. A rollover is a term that we probably need to stop and think about for uno momento. It means moving money from one retirement account to another. You're rolling it over. The money is best moved from one institution directly to another via direct transfer so that you don't have to get a check. If you leave your company and say, I want my 401k back, buddy. I deserve a little respect. You don't get it. If they give you, if they catch you a check for your 401k that you had saved at company A, you only have 60 days to roll that money over into a qualified IRA. Or, and that's, that's a strong term, an IRA in this individual retirement account or qualified plan or you hit penalties. 
So my advice is try not to job change too many times. Try not to roll over too many times. Don't leave it in cash. Don't take it in cash and don't leave it at your old company. I think it's best self-directed if you feel comfortable with that. If you don't, it's probably best to leave it at your old company. But I don't like that option. I think you're smarter than that. I, at least I have to say that out loud. I may not actually truly believe it. You're all stupid. You're all going to stupid prison. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. Okay, maybe a little bit. I don't believe it. 5G's talk, uh, big talk. Talky talk, 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 talk. It should be a catalyst. Faster internet. Your ability to stream a high-definition movie will be faster. Do we really need that? Is it really that much of a new technology? And the answer is yeah. Mobile carriers are debuting 5G wireless service. It's coming out in bits and spurts. Some companies like Sprint are saying, we're going to hyper-focus it on areas with density. Some companies like AT&T and Verizon are saying, we're going to spread the whole nation, but it's going to take us a little bit more time than the hyper-focus. So you're going to hear a lot about it. What it should do is create better connectivity. Always on, all the time. It should create new applications. The new applications should spur the economic activity. little spurring of the economic activity should help the stock market. It's one of those trends that I'm not going to say you should bank on, but it's around the corner. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Just digging a little Florence in the Sheen. Sorry. I got that going on today. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Stocks around the world rallied. It's pretty interesting that I say it. Say it. Um, basically because China said something, I'm going to say, kind of nice. Trade words. Remember how your mama said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt you. Words are moving the market these days. You know, some people say actions are louder than... Eh. Words are pretty loud right now. They're speaking louder than actions. And weirdly, and this I mean this truly when I say this, weirdly, it creates a situation that adds billions and billions and billions of market dollar value to the stock market. You could say it's a predetermined response to something that's um, kind of becoming like tennis, you know, watching the ball go back and forth. China's going to do a deal. China's not going to do a deal. China's going to do a deal. China's not going to do a deal. U.S. is going to throw in sanctions. U.S. won't throw in sanctions. U.S. is going to throw in sanctions. U.S. won't throw in sanctions. So for China's commerce minister to come out and say, yeah, we're willing to solve the problem of trade through consultation and cooperation with a calm attitude. 
we firmly oppose escalation of the trade war. You're like, ah, that's nice. So today we move higher. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I have no clue where we go tomorrow. When the trade war is put to rest and put to bed, whether it be that day, that year, that month, that quarter, we should see stocks move higher. But no one has the timetable right. If we did, we wouldn't tell you. And we'd put big bets on it. Big bets, sizable bets. I've got a lot of money. I'm willing to put it all on the table for what's going to happen shortly after China and the U.S. make peace in the trade war. No way. That's not how money works. Even though I like the stock market, even though I like capitalism, even though I think the trade war will eventually end, I still keep some cash on the sidelines just in case things get ugly. But it is kind of nice to hear that China's aim is to find a way through resolution and not necessarily through tariff increases. But didn't they just last week say they're... Uh, yes. So you could call it an olive stick, an olive branch, an olive twig. Both the United States and China seem to be playing uh, a little bit of poker. Stock earnings and retail. It's been a pretty fascinating quarter for retail. In large part because we know tariffs are coming. We know Christmas is coming. So what are companies going to do to get goods on their, their hangers, on their racks, on their shelves? Without getting kicked in the, the teeth with higher taxes in the process of selling it to you. So Dollar General, Dollar Tree, five below all having decent quarters. And then you've seen some companies who, meh, following their results, not so nice. Abercrombie and Fitch, Best Buy, always bargain outlet. You know what I love about, like, even talking stocks is, like, I go to Best Buy. I've got a good concept of it. I bring it up on, on air, on conversation with you, because you have a good concept of Best Buy. You got a good concept of Target. You get the idea. I think I used to shop at Abercrombie and Fitch when I was in college, maybe high school. Was it a mall? There's some stocks in some retail stores who are stocks that just kind of slip by. Slip sliding away. Simon and Garfunkel. Paul Simon. Slip sliding away. Probably one of the worst songs of all time, but hey, he's a legend, so we go, it must be good. It must be good if Paul Simon did it. He's done. He's finito. He's, he's finished. How's that for a career? If you ever look at football players, baseball players, and you see their average career in the professional leagues, it's about three years. You go, I hope they save money because I'm going to work from age 20 to 60, and I got 40 years to play with, whereas professional athletes have three how about musicians? You're in your 20s, you're hot, you're sexy, you're all that in a bucket of chicken, and you're able to work till late 70s like Paul Simon? That's not too shabby. Initial claims for the week ending August 24th increased by 4,000. First-time unemployment claims are a big thing to pay attention to right now. We've seen a little bit of weakness in high-end consumers. 
They're not buying expensive cars. They're not buying expensive houses. They're not buying, buying expensive jewelry. So the core of our economy now shifts. If we take the high-end luxury buyer out, it, it goes to the middle. So that's why we pay so much attention to the jobs report. In a good economy or bad economy, we'll kind of take the higher end and we'll go, yeah, that's kind of like gravy. But the steak, so to speak, is the mid-level consumer who has jobs. And the number wasn't bad. Initial claims comes out on Thursdays. Every Thursday, it's an important leading indicator. And it's not a negative right now. It's not raising a, it's not rising a flag, raising a flag for us. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.